Hi, welcome to Under the Lights. At Play Recognition, we set out on a daily basis to provide equal recruiting opportunities for thousands of talented student athletes that do not receive the recognition and recruiting opportunities that they deserve. Each episode will bring you conversations with players and coaches and give you an in-depth and behind-the-scenes view of the Canadian athletic recruiting landscape along with tips and tricks on how to get to the next level. I'm Brett Mazov, co-founder of Play Recognition, and today we have on the head football coach of the Clearwater Academy Knights, Jesse Chinchar. Coach Jesse sits down and talks recruiting, social media, prep schools, 7-on-7, seven seven, and the difference between Division I and Division II football. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to episode five of Under the Lights, presented by Play Recognition. My name's Brett Mazov. I'm the co-founder of Play Recognition, and today our guest is Jesse Chinchar, the head football coach of the Clearwater Academy Knights in Clearwater, Florida. Coach, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we start off every single episode here, and uh, we just kind of want to bring it kind of to your end and to just walk us through kind of your journey uh, with football and uh, when you started and how you got to the position you are right now. Yeah, so I grew up playing sports. I actually grew up playing baseball in, in California. Spent the younger years of my life playing baseball. Uh, kind of just team sports in general was always my thing, and I always felt like there was a lot of value in team sports, and that was probably my favorite part about it, not necessarily what sport it was, but just the fact that there was you know a team working towards a common goal, even from a young age. Uh, and then I found football while still playing baseball, and after a little bit of time, it was pretty apparent to me that football was my sport and not baseball. Uh, so, you know, I began playing football, uh, but being, I guess you could say a smaller guy, I, I knew that football was only going to last so long for me from a playing standpoint. So I actually started coaching from a very young age. I started coaching when I was 14 years old. Oh, wow. Um, I started coaching flag football, actually, while playing at the same time. And so, you know, I'd, I'd play my games and right after I'd go and coach, you know, a younger team. And uh, it was funny because we were so young that we actually had to have somebody sign on as, as the guardian, you know, and, and, and we were technically like the assistant coach, me and my best friend, who's, who's now the defensive coordinator here at Clearwater Academy as well. We were both 14 uh, and kind of kept that going. I started coaching semi-pro at 16, 17 while still playing high school in the off season. Um, so, you know, it was very obvious to me that I was going to coach, but for me, it was just about the opportunity to help young men. Um, when I was playing, you know, at, at the school, I actually played at Clearwater Academy back in the day. Um, and th there just wasn't the same level of football there at the time. Um, it just wasn't at the level that it was now. And, you know, we didn't know too much. We weren't told too much about what, you know, division one was or what D2 was, or, you know, really just the NCAA or college football in general. Uh, and I kind of like after going through it all myself, I wanted to be able to be the one who could provide these kids with with opportunities that I wasn't given myself. Um, and then, you know, our school is an international school. And that's kind of how we tapped into Canada a little bit is we've always had international students at the school. And for me, again, it was just another opportunity to help students who, who wouldn't necessarily have the opportunities that they have now if they didn't end up at Clearwater Academy. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's something that we, uh, you know, we definitely saw. And that's kind of why we reached out to you is, um, you know, you've got a lot of players on your team who are from Canada and who have tremendous success. And, um, you know, just to name one off the top, DK Bonham, uh, I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but he committed to Indiana. Um, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. So kind of bring us through uh, the process for Canadian kids um, and going down to the States uh, to do high school and then, um, you know, hopefully uh, to have a shot at the NCAA. Yeah. So, uh 
CK, well, we call him Kervin because that's he goes by Kervin's down here, which is his middle name. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, I think he's making the switch to DK when he gets to Indiana. I think that's the idea. Um, but he was one who came down. He came down out of Ottawa. Um, and, you know, he found out about our school and, and decided to come down and check it out for himself with his coach, Coach John out of, out of Ottawa, who does an awesome job out there. Uh, and they came down together and, and kind of checked out the school and, in our, you know, our program and met with us and the teachers and, you know, everybody's the school, just like any normal tour um, and kind of fell in love with it here. And the, and, you know, and the fact that we could help provide opportunities to get them to the next level um, being, you know, one of the things that I always say is, look, Canada football is awesome, but the biggest disadvantage is they're just on the wrong side of the border for recruiting. There's a lot of good people in Canada. There's a lot of good players in Canada and, and all that stuff. But, you know, the, just the sheer exposure is, so low in Canada and I personally think it's a crime because there's a lot of good football up there Yeah, um, for sure so, no that's yeah that's exactly why we do what we do uh, right you know we you know we're a part of that system too uh, you know we were players before we started this and uh, the talent up here is just unbelievable so uh, the fact that you're bringing down you know there's four or five guys on your team right now that all have offers and that are all from Canada is just awesome that's right and you know these are kids who didn't really have those offers before they get down here and, you know, obviously we do a, we do a good job of working our, our butts off to, to get them that exposure. Um, but let's be real, like the kids would not get the scholarships if they didn't deserve them and weren't amazing athletes to begin with. So it's not like, hey, Canadian athletes aren't good. That's just BS. You know, the, the Canadian athletes are amazing to me. Um, and to me, there are amazing athletes all around the world. There are, you know, tons of kids signing D1 out of Europe right now. It's really just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you kind of touched on, um, on then coming down and, uh, you know, visiting the school from an academic standpoint, uh, how does that really work out, um, for the athletes coming down from Canada? Uh, how do you mean from the academic standpoint? Well, well, yeah, just in terms of courses or, um, you know, I heard this thing that when you go down to the States, you have to repeat a grade if that's true or not kind of like how it works for them. And then also, uh, you know, they switch into the SAT and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. If you could, yeah, if you could just give us a walkthrough of how that would look. Um, if you yeah, know. it's, yeah, it's really, it's really simple. Uh, I mean, it gets more complicated when it comes from other countries, but Canada is actually one of the smoother transitions. Obviously, you know, we get kids from like my center was from Germany last year. I had a, a linebacker from Norway and a safety from Spain. And that, that's where it gets a little bit tougher because, you know, you have to get like certified, uh, translated copies of the transcripts, not okay, just yeah. like, you know, you or me could, could you know, translate those. And whereas in Canada, okay, some of the provinces where, you know, the transcripts are in French, eventually you will need the certified, you know, uh, translation. But especially if they're like an English transcript, it's super simple and they actually match up really well with our system. And our guidance counselor is super familiar with it just because we're so international. But she tells me all the time, like, it's super simple. Um, and she particularly loves the kids, you know, obviously with the English transcripts because it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, you guys don't have the SAT up there, but it's simple. I mean, you know, we have somebody in-house who, who teaches these kids on the skills of test taking. And the thing about the SAT is it's not like the data is that hard, but it's a special type of test that requires knowing the strategy of the test. And so that's one of the big things that we focus on, and it's teaching the kids the strategy of the test and you see their scores, you know, rise dramatically after just learning the strategy and, and practice tests and, and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. 
So to move kind of from the classroom to the field, what would be like the biggest adjustment uh, a Canadian player would have to make or that you've kind of seen make um, coming down from Canadian ball? You know, there is the extra man. Uh, sure. The, you know, the field smaller. The, the motion. The, and- yeah, exactly. The motion, the ball size, everything that goes into it. What would be kind of the biggest things that jump out? And uh, if an athlete were to transition to the States, what would be kind of the key things you would tell them to do beforehand? I mean, I would say it's, the biggest point that I would have to make is ball is ball. Like it's still football at the end of the day. It's not that big of a difference. Um, obviously wider fields, motion, stuff like that from a, from a defensive back standpoint, I wouldn't even say anything cause it's, it's going to make your, your life easier, you know? Um, so I guess it would say, you know, it would vary trans, you know, the transition from position to position, like our running back, you know, we've had some discussions about it and he's, he's out of Canada as well. And he said, you well, for one, he's running, He's running the ball a whole lot more down here, of course. Um, but just with the, the field being narrower and stuff, you know, I would just say, you know, just play as much as you can on a, you know, on a narrower field. Like, it, it, it's really not that big of a deal. And I would just say, you know, you get used to it when you get down here. It, it's not really that much that you can practice because at the end of the day, it's just football. Uh, I've not really had anybody say, hey, I've had a hard time with this or could you teach me how to do this because it's different. Like, the back – you know, he was just like, well, you know, there's less room, you know, there's less room to get to the sidelines. But, you know, it's really not that that different. And I would say the best thing for us, the guys down here, is just the defensive linemen, you know, being closer. So you could obviously get, you know, drill reps being closer. But, again, that's going to be an advantage. And then from the reverse side, offensive linemen probably have to drill that a little bit more because that's a big challenge. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that uh, the worst kind of starting to get into up here – um, and we've already talked about it on the show, but uh, is the is kind of the growth of seven on seven. So, um, if you could just explain kind of your experience with seven on seven and uh, your thoughts and kind of how it's uh, not really changed the game, but it's you know it's something that is a big part of um, you know the culture down south. Yeah, it's definitely a big part of the culture. Um, I, I think that the best thing that seven on seven gives you is competition okay. because you're going to get the best of the best from multiple teams. Like very rarely are you going to play a team in the regular season of football, not seven on seven, but you know, for your high school where you have that many like really good athletes on a team. And I think that that's the best thing that seven on seven gives you personally. I don't know what you think. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, well, it's just, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's more football and, uh, in terms of quarterbacks, you, you know, you get to read more and it doesn't completely 100%. translate, but, um, so yeah, it, that's, that's my opinion too. It doesn't, I, I would say that the downside that not everybody thinks about is something that we discussed a lot here is it changes the game a little bit seven on seven wise. And yeah. that's why I say competition is the best part. Obviously the best three things are probably that you get to throw more, catch more and the competition. The downside is teams will play defenses that don't really gear around, you know, a real game, like at least down here teams will just play two man on defense and nobody's going to play two man against you the entire game, you know, in a real game. Um, and because of that, the offenses have to then change their plays. And so to me, it gets a little bit further away from what real football is, you know, but at least you're competing, you're throwing and you're catching. So you still are improving your game. Do you guys have a seven on seven team? We don't. Um, a lot of our kids play for a local seven on seven team in the off season. And then we'll do a couple of events together, but we don't have like a, a team per se. Okay. Is that like, 
like does everyone on the team try and participate seven on seven or do a lot of people like stay in the gym and focus on that aspect of it or um i would say you know like the you know the skills the dbs and the and the receivers definitely focus on it and then our, our running back played a lot of seven on seven, which helped him a lot because as a back, you know, his weakness was probably route running and okay. catching the ball out of the backfield. So that's been an awesome thing for him. And then of course the quarterback, keep him sharp in the off season. Absolutely. But you know, we wouldn't really ask our backers to do it because nowadays if you're a backer and you're playing seven on seven, you're not really being played because teams are just going to put a DB, you know, at backer to guard the, you know, the tailback or, or teams are playing empty on every snap. So, for us, we're more focused on getting the DBs and the receivers out there. Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, I I kind of want to steer more to social media kind of thing. Uh, you know, that's how uh, you know we heard of you. And, um, yep. We just kind of want to have your thoughts on social media now, because from when you played to now, you know, there's been a huge jump in it. And uh, you know, what of the things that you've kind of taken away from it, positively and negatively? Definitely. Um, I'm a big proponent of it. You know, obviously there are negatives, um, just exposure to bad things. And I would say, you know, the biggest thing to me, the negative is just kids live in the world now of where they're, you know, their little bubble is one foot, you know, the distance between their face and their phone. That That's the negative. Yeah. Um, the positive to me is just the exposure. Um, somebody tweeted out recently that, uh, who is it? Josh Jacobs, I think, who got drafted by the Raiders. Like he was like, you know, this, all-time great running back in high school and nobody knew about him and somebody said well post your stuff you know make a twitter post your stuff and you know kind of the rest is history type of deal now obviously not everybody's josh jacobs <laughs> right yeah um but it provides exposure to kids who you know aren't going to get seen i think one of the biggest kind of this is something that i've been talking about recently is one of the i think the biggest kind of hoaxes in football or, you know, things that people say that's not true. It's just, if you're talented, they will find you. You know, a lot of people believe that. And I don't, you know, I think if you're talented and you have exposure, they will find you. So if you're at a powerhouse program, yes, college coaches are going to be walking through the halls all the time and they will find you. But what if you're in Canada or what if you're in rural Florida or, you know, anywhere that just doesn't have that much exposure, they won't find you. And I think that that's the biggest part that I love about social media is, it provides opportunities for, for kids who wouldn't have it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, we see like on your Twitter, you always, uh, you know, you always retweet like, all the offers that your kids are getting. How does that kind of right. feel to see the guys that you coach and the guys that you put so much time into uh, have success off the field? Yeah, that's the best, you know. Uh, obviously, we get excited about it and we tweet it out, but it really is the best. You know, I always say the best day of our, our year is signing day when we see these kids, you know, reach their goals. Yeah. Um, but but on the social media side, it's, you know, it's great to help show that exposure as well. Like, hey, you know, like today we had a, uh, our receiver, a Joe, a Joe, he got, he got offered by Kentucky and he got offered by Pitt. And I think there was one more that he hasn't even posted yet, you know, but it, it's great for, for him and, and for our school to be able to promote that. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, we also see that uh, you have a lot of visits from NCAA teams and coaches in particular. Uh, how does that kind of work? Because for, you know, for athletes up here on the north uh, side of the border, we don't really have that. Uh, so how so how does sure. that kind of work? And uh, do you just kind of bring them in and they just talk about the program and stuff like that? or? Yeah, so the idea is there are a couple times of the year that it's going to be heavy with the recruiting. So mm-hmm. right now we're in spring ball, and it's kind of like a five-week window where coaches are allowed to come out. Uh, there's limits on how many visits they can come and, you know, how many times per week. It's one time per week and all that stuff. But 
basically it's a five-week period where coaches so the way that it works is let's you know let's take Pitt for example they were here today so the coaches from Pitt uh, just as an example they all have an area that they recruit or multiple areas that they recruit so for us they're recruiting like the Tampa St. Pete Clearwater area like Pinellas County and the surrounding schools um, so they'll the coaches will fire out to their area during spring ball which is now and they'll try and hit all the schools connect with the coaches in the area and see hey do you have a guy this year um, you know, and of course they'll stop more heavily into the schools that they know always have kids. Um, and so that's kind of the spring period. And then the late, and then let's say the pit coach sees a you know, a guy that he likes and, you know, our area recruiter is the linebacker coach from Pitt. So let's say he sees a receiver. So today he's going to see a Joe, he offered him. Um, and then, you know, at some point they're probably going to want to get the receivers coach down to see him at some point. Um, so it kind of just goes like that. And then the next recruiting period is going to be, um, well, during the season, technically they're allowed to come out, but it's their season as well. So generally yeah, they fire sure. out to their area on their bye week, basically, uh, see a couple schools and get back and get ready for the next game. And then the next heavy recruiting period is between the end of the season and December, the early signing day. So early signing day was last year was December 19th. So the, you know, the coaches basically are going out at that point seeing all the kids that they offered in the spring and trying to kind of close the deal on that and get them to sign with their university, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. <clears throat> um, um, to just stay kind then, of, oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, so basically, and then there's another window after that for the late signing day in February, but it's kind of just a repeat of what happened in January and the teams who filled their roster in the, you know, in the December signing day, they come out in January and get the kids and try and sign in the late period or if they've already filled they're trying to find you know the next group of kids for the next year yeah for sure to kind of stay on like the recruiting topic uh how do you uh you know you said that with dk he reached out to you guys but uh do you guys recruit a lot um like out of the states and you know into um you know you said your center was from germany and uh do you guys right. go and you know try and recruit some players or is it mostly uh through them contacting you we, we like to keep them contacting us, you know, obviously that's a little bit easier. Um, so, you know, since the, we've had success of kids with kids in other countries, a lot have reached out, okay. you know, um, so it's kind of been a nonstop flow of kids reaching out and trying to get into our school. Uh, we're pretty small, so we're limited, you know, we can only take so many kids. Okay. Is there anything that you kind of want to talk about or you have the floor? Uh, uh -huh. let's see not not in particular you know there's anything we could talk about recruiting wise that you'd like to hear about or you know how the offer process works yeah for, or anything yeah, like that yeah for sure that'd actually be awesome to kind of see how that works yeah so i mean one of the things i think that a lot of people think is it's a little bit interesting is everybody sees you know hey i got an offer from so and so um and and that's all super exciting uh, but I think some of the things that, that kids don't know about that they probably should, you know, know about. And if anybody's listening to kind of think of is in the recruiting process, there's a lot of offers there that aren't necessarily real offers. And what I mean by that is it's not that they're not interested in you, but some schools will use offers as a means to promote their school. Um, and so you'll see more offers from schools like that, that that's their strategy. So what it is, is they're kind of like we say, spraying offers. So they'll go in and if a kid kind of looks apart, they're going to, boom, you have an offer. Boom, you have an offer. And they'll place out a bunch of offers and they'll kind of see which ones stick. Um, and and if they don't, great, they got their name out. Um, and basically the, they'll try and 
find ways to kind of lose kids in the shuffle, if that makes sense, if they don't feel like they've panned out to what they think they're going to be. Um, so if a kid has one offer, I've heard it before, well, he got offered as a freshman, uh, so he's, he's going to be fine. But that doesn't mean he still has that offer. You know, an, an offer is all verbal until you sign on the dotted line. And, and if a coach isn't actively, re- like, recruiting you, texting you, trying to get on the phone with you, like, pretty good chance that that offer doesn't mean too much. And so I think that's something that kids, you know, kind of get it caught up in the hype a little bit. And, hey, you know, let's tweet this out. This is awesome. Which, you know, it, it, it is exciting. I don't want to say that it's not. Um, but I think it's important to know what's real and what's not. Yeah, I know for sure. So when they get an offer, it's not like it goes through the NCAA or anything like that. It's just kind of a verbal uh, like offer from, okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of kids don't know. And it's like, hey, well, something a lot of coaches say is, well, call that coach and see if you can commit right now. You know, and, and a lot of times they'll be like, whoa, whoa, uh, you know, make sure you look at all your options, you know, like, and, you know, even if the kid's a stud, you know, they may not, be decided that they want to take that kid yet because like a school you know I'm not going to name any names but a school that I know he says listen we have to offer about five kids to get a kid that's kind of our ratio um so if you can imagine hey we're taking two linebackers this year well they've got offers out to about 10. Okay so how does it work uh when they kind of pull away an offer like or I guess I don't know like the word you'd use. Yeah I mean I guess you would say they kind of drift apart. Like, let's say I've offered, let's say I'm a college coach and I've offered you and, and, and four other kids and uh, we've kind of narrowed in on, on one. One of the ways they could do it is just be like, hey, you know, let's say you commit to that spot and I only had one spot. Let's say I coach linebackers and I've offered five linebackers, you know, on that ratio, trying to get trying to get one. And you commit to that spot. I tell the other kids, hey, you know, it was nice recruiting you, but uh, the spot was taken. You know, hope you guys do well. And that's probably the best way that it can happen, just super clean and honest, you know. Um, but besides that, it could, it, you know, and, you know and, and in that situation, generally I'm going to let the ki- other kids know who I've been talking to the most and be like, hey, listen, spot's probably about to fill up, you know, first one to take it gets it. Um, but, you know, it, it is complicated. Um, so sometimes the coach will just drift apart and stop, you know, texting the kids or, hitting the kids up and, and generally that's kind of supposed to be taken as, Hey, I'm, I'm not so interested, you know? And so I think as a, as a kid, it would probably be important to, you know, keep in contact with those, those coaches that you're the most interested in and, and see if it's reciprocated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we just want to ask you, uh, you know, just about a couple of players that we've actually, uh, you know, posted on during Instagram and, you know, we've seen their tape and like, it's unbelievable right. and just kind of, uh, you know, just talk about who they are as a person. So, Sure. Um, you know, we got a couple, uh, we just posted, uh, Javon Jacobson. Right. Um, and then also, uh, we got, uh, yeah, we have plans, uh, to post, uh, Jerry Theodore. So just kind of talk about, you know, nice. how these guys transitioned and, uh, you know, what it's like to have some Canadian, uh, some Canadian ballers on your team. Yeah. So Javon's one in particular that has done really well, obviously he's, you know, double digit something offer wise, hard to keep track at this point. Yeah, um, for sure. He, w- he was a quarterback back home, uh, but kind of always knew he was going to be a defensive side of the guy, okay. side of the ball guy. Um, you know, so for us, he plays strong safety, uh, but you could kind of categorize that as an outside linebacker. And we also give him the ball at running back sometimes and even kind of direct snap it to him just with that quarterback background. Mm-hmm. Javon's a, a kid who's, you know, although we sent uh, three kids to Power 5 schools last year, Javon is, 
is, uh, you know, arguably, we, you know, some coaches have said, you know, he, he may have been the best pure football player on the team last year. Um, again, great kid. At first week of practice, after every practice, he shakes, he's walking up and, and shook every coach's hand and said, hey, thanks for coaching me today. And, and that's something I'd never seen before. Um, but that's just the type of kid he is. Great character, uh, hard worker, always good in the class. He's the type of kid where I've never once gotten a call like, hey, coach, you got to you know come down and help with Javon. He, he really is a, a great kid. Yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. What are some other players uh, from the, you know, from – uh, the Canadian side of things that you've seen, uh, you know, just uh, like transition very, very well and just have a positive impact on your team? So one in particular that I'd like to talk about is our running back, Ludovic Choquette. Okay. Um, From Montreal? He, he, yep. He got down here at 178 pounds. He's currently 210 pounds and he's faster. Uh, he, this is, you know, Canadian, American, black, white, Indian, whatever, race, all that aside, location aside, is the hardest working kid I've ever coached. Uh, really proud of him and his transition here. Like I said, obviously putting on that amount of muscle. The other day he ran a, a laser 4-440, which is ridiculous for at somebody of his size. Yeah, at 210. Like, that's insane. Um, but, you know, the transition was smooth. Um, you know, had a little bit, uh, like I said, a slight adjustment just with, you know, size of the field and and all that stuff, but he's been just a really valuable asset to our team. You know, one of the big things we like to preach here is is work ethic, and I feel like if, if you don't learn how to get a great work ethic by the time you're done and graduated here, we did an injustice to you. And having kids like Ludovic kind of make it easy to, to show a kid what a great work ethic looks like. So we're all really proud of him. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, we're kind of winding down to the end of the show here, and uh, the way we like to end it off is uh, we like to take three questions uh, from our audience uh, that send us kind of uh, these questions, uh, you know, like anonymously. And sure. uh, the first one is uh, the best way to contact an American coach. So this would be, you know, if you're an athlete uh, from Canada to contact, you know, let's say um, you were Are we you know, someone at the on high staff. school level or a college level coach? Um, could be both. Or our staff. Uh, could be both, um, but let's just, for the sake of things, let's just say uh, that it would be your staff. Sure. I mean, I'm a big proponent of Twitter in general, in general, like whether it's our staff or any staff, you know, whether you're a kid looking for a prep school or looking for a college, uh, Twitter is a big, a big, big deal. Uh, it's, it's been great for our athletes trying to get to the next level. And, you know, kids have reached out to us through Twitter and, and made it down here. You know, we, we get them in touch with admissions and, Twitter's a, a great tool. Uh, you know, again, nothing like getting right in front of somebody's face nowadays. Everybody's his phone is on hand, you know. Um, and then I would say just as a quick tip for kids, you know, trying to get to the next level for college, make it simple. Put your name in your Twitter. Uh, that's something college coaches ask me every day. Hey, are, is it is it the kid's name on Twitter? You know, first name, last name, put that in your at, you know, at so-and-so, maybe your number or something like that. Um, and then, you know, have your huddle link in your bio and uh, have a nice photo of yourself that you can see your face even is always a good idea because something that a coach could recognize you if you showed up to your school um you know your height your weight simple things like that but I, like i said twitter is probably the way to go nowadays yeah for sure yeah that's something that we've also noticed you know instagram and facebook they're all like they're all great but in terms of just kind of sports in general like twitter is yep. just like it's just everywhere you know everyone's it on is. it everyone's posting 
seven on seven highlights or offers or stuff like that. And it yeah, almost gets kind of, posted kind of the, to Twitter first and then goes on to Instagram and stuff. A hundred percent. And that's what I tell our guys to do. Like Instagram's for your friends, Twitter's for business. Like you're not like I, I tell our kids like, Hey, if you're on Twitter for fun right now, your Twitter just became your business account. Like no more fun. Like this is strictly business and football. That's awesome. Yeah. So the second question is, uh, to just kind of explain the difference between division one and division two and just kind of your opinion on the, like the level of play. And if a Canadian athlete uh, was looking to come NCAA, if going to division two would be, you know, that big of a, I don't want to say loss, but kind of big of a difference than division one football. Sure. Uh, and I'll even go further and just explain all of college just a little bit. Cause I know absolutely, it's something that kind of gets, you know, maybe not touched on as much as it should be. So the biggest difference just from, a standpoint of being recruited is the amount of scholarships that a college can offer. So the first level I'll start at is division three. They're not allowed to offer athletic scholarships at all. Um, so if somebody says, Hey, you know, got an offer from such and such D three school, that means you have an offer to be on their team. They okay. did not give you an athletic scholarship. You go up to the D two level. They're allowed to offer athletic scholarships. Most division two programs will not offer full scholarships. So what they'll do is, Let's say you have good grades, they're going to offer you a partial academic scholarship, maybe some other internal scholarship that their school has, you know, the so-and-so scholarship or the leadership scholarship, and then they're going to give you some athletic money as well, depending on obviously how big of a need you are. Now, some D2 schools will reserve full scholarships for, you know, maybe a stud tackle, you know, offensive tackle or an offensive lineman or, or you know, a quarterback for one. Um, so, but they're allowed to kind of, they have a certain amount of scholarships that they have to divide up amongst their roster. Then you go to the division one level. There's two levels of division one, which is FBS and FCS. Mm -hmm. FCS is the lower level, the football championship series. And then you have the FBS, the football bowl series and, uh, FCS schools will start with the lower. They're allowed to offer full scholarships, but they're also allowed to split up their scholarships. Um, so you'll still you know, be able to get a partial, but most of the bigger FCS programs only offer full scholarships. Um, some people say, Hey, it's not as good football. It's great football. People come out of the NFL, you know, go to the NFL from FCS football as well. Carson Wentz, you know, played for North Dakota state and yeah, sure. Joe Flacco played for Delaware. The list kind of goes on and on. Um, and then the highest level of, of college football is FBS. You know, those are the people who can technically play for a national championship. Um, and they only give full scholarships. They're not allowed to give partial scholarships. Um, and then as far as, you know, just the standpoint of, of uh, you know, talent and, and should I be disappointed? I would say you shouldn't be disappointed in anything. Like find, you know, the best fit for you. That's something I always encourage. Don't chase a logo. Don't chase Alabama. Don't chase this and that. Like that's nice. But at the end of the day, like you need to figure out like who am I, who do I want to be, and what's the best school that can help me get there. The best um, fit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and at the same time, you also have to look at, hey, could I be, you know, the six-string receiver at this D1 school, or could I go and be the dude, you know, at a D2 school, yeah. and, and weigh that for yourself as well. Exactly. Um, you know, between weighing that and then also weighing, you know, the academic standpoint of, you know, what's, what is the school going to offer for me academically and kind of make that decision. And, and even, you know, weigh the option of playing for a Canadian school. There's There's nothing wrong with playing for Canadian school, I think it's a great opportunity as well. Do you have Do you have any guys uh, on your team that kind of show interest in that? In in playing for a Canadian school? Yeah. 
Uh, no, not so much. And that's something that I've actually, you know, tried to talk to the guys about a little bit. Uh, and even Guelph was down here to, you know, talk to our kids and enlighten me a little bit more on Canadian schools. Obviously I'm not as familiar with it, for sure. but to me, like if, if you're faced with the opportunity of, of playing for a Canadian school where obviously, you know, when you're spending your dollar, it goes a lot further, you know, on, on that side of the border. Yep. Um, than ours. Um, let's say you're you're faced with the opportunity of playing with a great, you know, a great Canadian school that has a great academic, you know, side as well. Uh, and you're going to go, you know, or you could go to, you know, let's say a D3 school or a D2 school that not so good academically and, you know, is going to cost a whole lot more money. Like I personally, I would go back and play in Canada. Like there's no, um, you should have no shame in playing college ball at that level. You know, it, it's still great football. Absolutely. Yeah, so the third question is, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because you almost want to ask this question uh, from a player perspective, but uh, you probably mm-hmm. have some experience because it is an international school. So um, our viewers were wondering kind of how to deal with homesickness. Um, you know, you're obviously being away from home. There's guys that come from Canada, Germany. Right. What have been the ways that you've kind of uh, helped your players out in that department? I think the number one thing that we do is we try and create a family environment here. Um, you know, there is no perfect substitution for your own family or your own mom or your own brother, or your own dad, but you know, the closest, you know, thing that you can get, if we can create that family environment where our team, you know, a lot of teams, you know, they say, Hey, you know, you break the huddle on family or something, but like we try and like live family down here. And I think that that's the best thing that we can do for our athletes. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you are, you know, miles and miles away from mom and dad, obviously best thing to do is keep you know in close contact with them as possible absolutely but uh you know i think just having kind of a family away from family is probably the most important thing that you can do um and and then just stay as busy as possible like nothing nothing makes you miss home more than idle time yeah yeah for sure all right well that's all we got you know we appreciate you uh sharing your knowledge of the ncaa landscape for those who uh don't follow coach jesse He's at Coach Jesse18 on Twitter. Uh, and then you can also check out the school at uh, clearwateracademy.com. Coach, appreciate you calling in and sharing your knowledge. Of course. And I appreciate you guys. I mean, getting out there and trying to get exposure for Canadian kids and, and educate people on the landscape of college football is an awesome thing to do. So I, I really appreciate you guys for doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's our goal. And, you know, keep doing what you do, uh, you know, with all your athletes. If you could have a, you know, a couple more Canadian ballers. <laughs> we'd love to see them on the team awesome thank you man i really appreciate it appreciate it thank you all right see you to join the next wave of recruiting visit us at www.playrecognition.com player recognition is an online athletic recruiting platform geared towards providing canadian student athletes with more recruiting opportunities using our verified profile and statistics system our verified profile based platform gives coaches all the relevant information needed during the recruiting process. I'm Brad Mazev, co-founder of Player Recognition. Thank you for listening. Share this episode to a teammate that needs to hear it, and we'll see you next time on Under the Lights.